The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional. hear the echo now? I don't hear the echo. Okay, good. Let's hope it stays that way. Yeah, Kayla sounded like the voice of God for the first uh, recording. So we're going to try to, uh, <laughs> we're going to do a very fun intro again. Welcome back to Bio Psycho Socially Distant. I'm Jordan, your friendly neighborhood nurse. And I'm Kayla, a therapist. Still. Um, <laughs> so uh, in this episode, we're going to continue talking about a mutual topic together because that worked out really well last time. We enjoyed it. We got a lot of positive feedback. Um, So in this episode, we're going to delve into urban legends. Dun, dun, dun. When you were growing up, do you remember that ghost? Uh, Well, I don't know if you, (laughs) do you remember that ghost? (laughs) What a weird thing to say. Casper, yes. Stay stay with me. My grandparents had this uh, toy ghost for Halloween where like if you clapped near it, it would go. Ooh. Yes, I do. Re- I do remember that. I think my grandmother had one. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> huge fan of holiday decor. So in the same vein of 90s um, nostalgia, um, as Kayla and I both grew up in the 1990s. Um, do you remember that like horror, that low key, very watered down horror movie that was a scream slash I know what you did last summer 90s knockoff urban legend? I do. And I have very fond memories of like my sister and her friends watching it when they were teenagers and being like, you're too little to see this. And indeed, I watched it and was terrified, even though it's very cheesy looking back. It is very cheesy looking back. I do like a cheesy horror movie because I am such an easy scare. Basically, (laughs) the plot of the movie is like a murderer kills people using common urban legends. Yes. Which is really uh, like the the plot is freaking thinner than one ply toilet paper, but you know, <laughs> it's thinner than my nails right now. Thankfully, I've uh, started a hair, skin, and nails multivitamin, so we're getting through it. Um, <laughs> so, what is an urban legend? Um, I found an interesting article from the BBC, which is one of the few trusted things that's you know left in the world um, that talks about actually at this point, something that showed up in so many of our podcasts, Slender Man. Um, <laughs> it basically says that urban legends are stories that appeal to our own bias, and uh, they're both believable and unbelievable tales. And it also points out, which is uh, really interesting, because it's something that has stood up to the change in technology. So as technology has advanced, urban legends in some form mm-hmm have endured so instead of like face-to-face word of mouth they can be continued on new forms of social media or online forums and also face-to-face what or half a face to half a face is the current situation calls for right and um i think like i said on 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 the slender man episode that um they're kind of modern day fairy tales or cautionary tales if you will Mm mm-hmm you know, like you said, they ch- they ebb and flow. They change depending on the new technology, and they're kind of they serve as like a warning uh, and an explanation of things that we don't know or don't understand. 
Yeah, and it's basically, and that's basically what a fairy tale is, too, if you think about it. It's, um, you know, a fanciful yet kind of believable story that has a very simple lesson at the heart of it. Right, exactly. So today we're going to go back and forth and discuss some of our favorite, I guess, our, <laughs> or ones that we have the most memory of, um, urban legends. So as any um, supreme drunk auntie does, we will start off with Bloody Marys. Yes. <laughs> or Bloody... I actually don't like Bloody Marys. Um, <laughs> I don't drink vodka. So, But you can actually have a Bloody Mary with tequila, but that's beside the point. I do like that they come with grilled cheese now, and I would just oh. like... I would like a Bloody Mary with, you know, no Bloody Mary. I would just like the grilled cheese if that's possible. Yeah, me too. I don't. I don't do tomato juice. I don't so either. We're we're celery even. So no, thank you. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do like that they put fuck all in it now. But anyway, so we'll start with Bloody Mary. So picture it. Set the scene. You're at a sleepover because unlike me, you had friends when you were younger. You all stand in front of the mirror. And turn off the lights in the bathroom. You repeat Bloody Mary three times and see a ghastly figure in the mirror. It's actually the host's uh, supreme drunk auntie because she thought it was cocktail time. (laughs) She's like, oh, uh, is this the wrong bathroom? I'll go upstairs. Oh, sorry, guys. I thought I thought it was cocktail time, which is actually me. So anyway, Bloody Mary. I actually found a research article on bloody mary because somebody actually re it was actually from the uh like that western folklore uh society that we talked about during slender man oh, okay I, th- I think yeah. it was the same or it was very very similar and they they really did a deep dive into the bloody mary they did it was actually pretty interesting because the article started out with people talking about what their interpretation of Bloody Mary was when they were growing up or their tradition. Um, oh, 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 before you um, delve into the article, can you tell me what your um, impression was of Bloody Mary? It was actually what I just read to you. That's okay. That, that's my, um, I was actually going to ask you the same thing. Look at, uh, that. Look at that. That was, so that was uh, my interpretation of Bloody Mary. You stand in the bathroom and you say Bloody Mary in the mirror three times and bloody mary appears and what did bloody mary look like in your imagination a woman covered in blood actually (laughs) i think i imagined her as like for some reason i always imagined her as like a medieval figure so she was dressed in kind of that old-fashioned garb and like the dark circles under her eyes and maybe like her she had like one of those uh gashes across her neck that was bleeding And that's actually really common. You know, that's what a lot of people said. They're like, oh, I thought it was Queen Mary. And the article's really interesting because in some, in some people's variants, her her name was Mary Worth or Mary Wales. Mm -hmm. So she wasn't Bloody Mary at all. So you repeated Mary Worth or you repeated Mary Wales. You didn't repeat Bloody Mary. Oh. And in some versions, you have to flush the toilet as you're saying Bloody (laughs) Mary. Why do I, that, that sounds familiar to me. It does. Now that I, I I said the same thing when I was reading it, and I was like, I feel like I feel like people would flush the toilet, and some people think you just see blood on the mirror or you see an actual person. Um, and I okay. remember here. I think I remember hearing both iterations of it when I was younger too. 
So you had a similar experience to me, which makes sense because we grew up in the same section of the same state. Right, exactly. Yep. In the same town. So, you know, the local folklore would be pretty similar. And the basic stories were similar. The things that were kind of hardened were similar. And of course, the outcomes of chanting Mary, Bloody Mary, or Mary Worth, whatever, is, you know, the outcomes are different because that's the supernatural part, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the... Yes. Yeah. And it, you know, you kind of get that cult of the believer mentality because if one person says, I totally see a woman in the mirror, everybody else in the bathroom is going to see somebody else in the mirror because you don't want to be the one person that didn't see it. Right. And especially because this is usually something that children do. You know, and I think that impacts a the social piece, like you just mentioned, as Mm -hmm. well as like the imaginative piece, Mm -hmm. too. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's like you get, you know, more scared at a haunted house if you go with other people because you all feed off of each other. And that's kind of half the fun of it. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with everybody crowding into the bathroom and doing this. Silly. It was so much fun. It was. Yeah, I whatever live your best life i've done dumber things um well the article like kind of took a turn and got real second wave feminism on us uh i was here for it and they were saying it's an allegory about girls coming into womanhood in our society i suppose i could see that i always thought it was mary queen of scots because she beheaded a lot of people well you know And, you know, it said the blood was the reference to menstruation, the ritual taking place in the bathroom. I'm like, okay, fine. Mary representing marriage, uh, the mirror representing uh, society's focus on women's looks. I mean, it was a little, it was a bit of a stretch, but I could see. (laughs) I can see pieces of it too, but yeah, I think I agree with you. It It was a bit of a stretch. You know, talking about scary things involving blood. If you watch the movie Carrie, God forbid you get your period in school. It's a yeah. Yeah. Oh God, that I mean, that's a really good um, I think commentary on that, which is interesting because it was written by a man. But anyways, but Stephen King and he's fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's that interesting, like it's that fear of blood. You know, it's Mm. you know, you know, your curse, the woman's curse. Uh, so, so that was that's like kind of what I found on Bloody Mary, which was which was pretty interesting, and it was kind of like one of the most harmless of the urban legends because it had nothing to do with unless you you know kind of believe this deep dive, it didn't have anything to do with like biases or yeah, you know, a cautionary tale. It was just something silly that girls can do together, and it's actually not mean spirited, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Unless you uh, draw straws or something and you send someone in the bathroom by themselves, which I think I feel like happened when I was growing up at sleepovers. Oh, God, was it you? Did you have to go into the bathroom by yourself? Yeah. You Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> you would have come. My little creepy Wednesday Adams, uh, you would have come out with like Mary's head in your hand. <laughs> going I would have come out with her and we would have both had like tequilas or something. And people would be like, Kayla, you're 11. <laughs> you were like, I made a new friend in the bathroom. This is Mary. <laughs> we chillin'. Um, we chillin'. Me and Mary, we chillin'. I like her better than you bitches. Um, <laughs> you, Kayla and I weren't friends at that point. So we, we hadn't met yet. So what was your first urban legend, my dove? So the website that um, I directed Jordan to 
Yes, you did. Because this is where this is a, a good compilation, I think, of a lot of urban legends that we've all heard growing up. It's called scaryforkids.com. Mm-hmm. Also scary for adults, to be quite honest with you. Well, yeah. I, I have to mention, I've been on the website several times before, and they also have all, I think, all, if not many, of the stories from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, as well as the photos, which I still can't look at without getting nightmares. I love Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. <laughs> Which, oddly enough, is also a collection of folktales. Correct. Anyway, so my first one is Polybius. 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 God bless you. Um, Well, it's the name of a Greek philosopher, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I googled it real quick. I'm just going to read the story for you. It's quick. Read me a story. Back in the 1980s, if people wanted to go play computer games, they had to go to arcades that had standalone machines. The Polybius game was supposedly released in 1981 to arcades in Portland, Oregon. The machines were completely black, and the only decoration was the name Polybius in bright letters at the top. There was just a button and a joystick used for gameplay. They said it was puzzle shoot 'em up, somewhat like Tempest. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Where, <laughs> where you could, <laughs> where you could move a rotating ship around the screen and shoot to destroy the enemies. Polybius supposedly became a very popular. It was extremely addicted and addictive, and people would form long lines waiting to play it. However, there was something sinister about the game. Mm. Players reported experiencing strange things, such as hearing the sound of a woman crying and seeing grotesque faces out of the corner of their eyes. Some saw disturbing subliminal messages flashing on the screen saying things like, kill yourself. After playing the game, people would have horrible nightmares, waking up in a panic. Others experienced extreme nausea, convulsions, and vomiting. Others got headaches, blackouts, hallucinations, or even developed amnesia. Some unlucky people even died by suicide. According to one owner of an arcade, mysterious men in black suits would often come to collect records from the game. They did not collect any money, just data on gameplay, and in some cases, they would change the settings. Because of this, the leading theory is that it was some sort of government experiment using subliminal messages to brainwash people and control their minds. The game remains in obscurity because about one month after its release, all of the cabinets suddenly disappeared. One cabinet reappeared in an arcade in 1998, but quickly disappeared again. While some have tried to recreate the game, no one has ever found the original ROM. It was supposedly created by a mysterious company called, I'm not going to try to pronounce this something in German, which is German for sense deletion. An episode of The Simpsons contained a reference to Polybius, of course. Well, of course. I wanted to do this one because it's a very old video game urban legend. And I think, you know, like you said, it's it was that hint towards a fear of new technology. Mm -hmm. You know, what are our children playing? What is it doing to their minds? What are the dangers? And we know that that's never stopped, right? We video games cause violence, which is not, you know, there's not a very strong link at all to that. Correct. So I've always found this one pretty interesting. Um, I think I read a scary story that was based on Polybius that kind of uh, fleshed out a little bit more of like the government conspiracy piece where the idea was, and I don't know if maybe this is part of a, the longer legend for Polybius, that children were being brainwashed to become like military, to get involved in the military later on so that they could be recruited for their skills. So yeah, very interesting. That is an interesting one. It just reminds me of like Anissa's dad. He's like, see, I told you, video games, evil. Yeah, right, right, right. Technology is evil. And um, also, you know, I, I think 
There was another story as well that a kid was playing this and had an epileptic seizure. Um, and that story was a hoax. However, that's absolutely something that happens. Sure. I mean, yeah, video absolutely. games, especially back then, had a lot of flashing lights. And there are other urban legends, such as one that pertains to the original Pokemon games on Game Boy. There's a town that you go in called Lavender Town, and the the soundtrack is very high-pitched. And so there was this urban legend that it was causing children to do all sorts of things, have seizures, tried attempted suicide, that all sort of stuff. So this is like a legend that persists and moves from game to game and system to system. And yeah, I mean, it's all bunk, except when Cyberpunk 2077 was released, it definitely caused seizures in people. Um, Yeah, that's totally, that is totally plausible and totally believable. And high-pitched noises can give you a headache. It can make you nauseous. It make make me nauseous for sure. Um, But, you know, that's something physical that you can, that you can prove. And I can almost see pieces in this of like um, the idea of sensory deprivation, right? Which is like, uh, a se- sensory deprivation tank would be where mm-hmm. you kind of float in the water, it's completely dark, and there's no noise. And in environments like that, people tend to hallucinate, they might hear things, they might see things, it can be it can be very uncomfortable, because we're never in situations like that. It can also be very right. relaxing. I that is not something that I ever uh, just the pH balance, just the, it would throw off my pH balance, I would not be into it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm good. Uh, yeah, it's in the. Don't you like float in like salt, like yes, water with no, salt. uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, nope, nope. I don't like that. Is body soup that is salt? <laughs> that is salty body soup. No, thank you. No, thank you, sir. What if uh, what if you put some pepper in it too? That would burn. <laughs> that would burn so many mucous membranes. I couldn't have that. <laughs> so while we're on the track of uh, being submerged in things. Okay. <laughs> let's let's uh let's go back let's go back to uh let's go back to the bar perhaps. You go home with some hottie. You go back to uh, the Yeah, always. I always, always do. Listen, I don't even leave the house anymore. Um <laughs> and I've been married for a really long time too. All of a sudden you go back to their place and you black out. Mm. And we're not even going to talk about rape culture apparently. The next morning you wake up in a tub of ice. Uh, yes. With a note uh, that says, so you're, <laughs> you're, a, you're a human popsicle instead of human soup in this situation. Which is like slightly more favorable, if you ask me. Uh, slightly. And there's a note on your chest saying, call 911 or you'll die. Oh. Which is sometimes not a bad message for folks. I mean, it's a, it's, it was nice of them to leave a tip. But, <laughs> and lo and behold, you have an incision on your side on the side of your body, not like by your side. And holy shit, you find out after a series of testing, you are missing a kidney. Well, I never really liked that kidney anyways. Bastard, that bastard kidney. So this is the urban legend that you could be drugged and be sawed apart and have your organs sold on the black market. But just just your kidney. They're not going to kill you. They're only going to take one kidney. They're not going to kill you and harvest you for all of your organs so they can turn a better profit. They're just going right. to go through the trouble of knocking you out for two to four hours, which is as long as it takes to harvest a kidney. I looked it up. We'll be getting into it. Okay, but wait a minute. Huh. Hi- hypothetical situation. Hypothetical. 
you need a uh, five grand. You don't want to kill anybody. A kidney gets five grand on the black market. A kidney gets five grand on the black market. But here's the thing. You might, th- I want to say there are easier ways to get five grand. <laughs> you can sell your eggs, but that's a lot. That's a process. <laughs> that is a process, but it is also more than five grand. You have no guarantee. So you would have to be a medically trained person, in which True. case, odds are you can get five grand pretty okay if you have some medical training that doesn't involve you doing surgery in your house and cutting up somebody uh, for one kidney on the, and selling that kidney on the black market. Clover would do it for free. Well, Clo- well, she's a cat. That's kind of like, that's kind of a cat's MO. Oh, does it cause somebody to feel uncomfortable? Perfect. Also, it's a pretty useless kidney because first of all, all right. So I did a deep dive. First of all, I am very pro organ donation. I think yes, it is a great too. thing. Yes. Unfortunately, one of my aunts died very young and suddenly, and uh, her organs were able to be donated. This was many years ago, and it was actually very healing for the family because they tell you where the organ yeah. went, and you you know it's like it's like giving back. It's like the ultimate recycling project. Pieces of you, you you have passed away. You've died, but your donation of your body literally saves people's lives. I mean, what's better? What's a better legacy than that? Exactly. Um, And Lord knows you're not using them. And and also um, a friend of ours, who's a wonderful supporter of this show has been the recipient of organ donation. Yes, exactly. Yes. So we're very pro organ donation. Clearly this is not how organ donation happens. Just because some people um, are not clear on this. If you donate an organ, you don't get to get it back. Correct. Correct. It is a, yes, there are no takey backsies, which is rude, by the way, anything. It, it, rude that you want it back? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or anything in, in general. Rude and dumb as hell. <laughs> rude and dumb as hell. You cannot get back an organ that you gave to somebody. No. All right. <laughs> So here is the process, and this is why cutting somebody open and getting a kidney is not even going, it's not going to work. It's not going to work out. So you need a kidney. You need at least one, correct? I'm go. I'm saying, okay, so you find yourself in need of what, a kidney. Your kidneys are not working. You have end-stage kidney disease. What do your kidneys do? They filter your blood. They regulate your blood pressure. They stimulate uh, red blood cell production. Um, you can do the work of, you can get the work that your kidneys do done without having a kidney through a process of dialysis which, you know, where you manually clean your blood, either by removing blood and having it put back in or um, putting a solution in your abdomen that pulls out the toxins that your kidneys would normally remove. By the way, if I ever had to experience that, I would would need the twilight version where they just knock me out. Because I can't, just right now, thinking about blood leaving my body and then going back in makes me faint. It's like, actually, I, I haven't seen it. When I worked in the hospital, I saw it happen quite a few times. And I also saw peritoneal dialysis, which is um, which is uh, the fluid going into your abdomen. And it's really interesting. Um, the people were kind of just hanging out when it was happening, too. I think it's one of those things that if you dwell on it or think about it, it would kind of, it would, it would freak you out. You underestimate my blood phobia. <laughs> 
Which is why you do not have a career in physical health care. You have a career in mental health care. Oh, God, I'm going to talk about blood for the next five minutes. I am so sorry. So is so dialysis is great, but there's risks involved and it's tough on your quality of life. So mm-hmm. you need a kidney. You can get it from a living donor. You have a spare. You have two of them or a person who is dead. Take it out of a, a dead person who is elected to donate their organs while they are still alive. First of all, you need to have a compatible blood type with this mm-hmm. person. So the kidney can be accepted as your own, meaning you need the person who you're getting the kidney from has to have your blood type or be o or be an O blood type. Unless you have a B blood type, then you can get fuck all kidneys. No. While we are on the subject, I am O positive. Please do not kill me for my organs. Oh, good to know. I'm B positive. Are you really? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that about you. <laughs> well, now we know each other's blood types. And we're, we're truly the best of friends. Tens of our viewers know our blood types now, too. Uh-oh. <laughs> Whatever. I have my blood donor card in my wallet. You can tell very easily what my blood type is. <laughs> so said blood, so said blood is tested for blood type and bloodborne pathogens because that would suck. Yes. Well, you have a working kidney, but now you have hepatitis. Well, right. Sorry. Uh, and then finally the blood, um, needs to be, needs to have an antigen test. So the antigens are the markers on our cells. And if the donor and the recipient are perfect matches, meaning all of their antigens are the same, it's great. Antigens are inherited from your parents. So therefore it would need to be a familial person, somebody that you're related to, Mm -hmm. ideally a sibling. So those, that's why those freaking Duggars had all those damn kids. (laughs) That's the plot of My Sister's Keeper also. It's true. Yeah. Yep. Kidneys. Kidneys. Mm-hmm. Also, don't have children for the sake of or- for the sake of using them for spare parts. No. No. Please don't. That's very dystopian. <laughs> Which what the hell isn't these days? <laughs> so otherwise there needs to be a cross match done and that's when you mix the donor's blood and the recipient's blood together to see if the recipient's blood uh, makes antibodies against the donor's blood. They do this numerous times, up to and including a couple of days before the surgery. So random kidney where you have no idea where it came from and no blood sampling, which they did not mention in the urban legend. So this is not doable. Right, exactly. But I, you know what? Go ahead. I'm going to let you continue. No, you go ahead. Well, because I was going to say this is a legitimate fear because the black market at least was a real thing if not still i'm sure it is and i mean yeah let's be honest it is is it as prevalent as we think it is probably not but there i know that several years ago i watched a documentary on these crooked funeral homes that Mm -hmm. were taking i don't think it was the organs i think it was the bones of deceased people and get selling them sure. and the recipients of the donations had ended up with bloodborne diseases hiv things like yeah. that um cancer i think mm-hmm. can, can cancer go from a tra- can you get cancer from a transplant i gotta think about that one <sighs> all right so but if it was a bone transplant if they had cancer and they had issues with their bone marrow if they had a bone marrow cancer that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense 
Okay. And, you know, things like osteoporosis and stuff like that, you know, just, I mean, imagine sure. getting a bone that's just faulty. <laughs> yeah, that could, oh. It was a fascinating documentary, but, you know, proof that this stuff actually happens. Like mm-hmm. I said, it's rare, very rare, but it happens. So there's there's some uh, credibility, I guess, behind this urban legend. Right. As there are for most of them. Which is, and it's also really not safe. If you are getting an organ from the black market, there's so much that goes into getting an organ. This is not, and this would have to be, first of all, you would have to get some really, really strong sedative because removing a removing a kidney takes one to three hours. It's mostly done laparoscopically. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's like a seven inch incision and you have to go through the ribs. So somebody has to be pretty freaking knocked out. So I think, sadly enough, if you're, you know, I can't be naive and say like crazy shit doesn't happen on the black market. It would have to be somebody selling an organ out of desperation rather than somebody getting drugged. Right. Exactly. Which is like I said, you know, um, people who have funeral homes who are incredibly crooked selling them off. Right. Because and and odds are the body's not being kept in at the correct temperature. So this is some pretty nasty kidney. It's not tested. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a legit. Not that I think it's my understanding that the recipients had no idea where this, you know, they didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. Oh, of course not. Yeah. I I would never blame the recipient. I would never blame the recipient. You know, if they're at a facility, you usually know where the, you know, where the organs come from. It's a, you know, it's usually uh, when somebody dies, they call the, you know, they call the organ donation, you know, they call it, I can't think of the name of the foundation off the top of my head. And the hotline, they call the organ donation hotline. No, it, no, it, no, it is. Like if somebody's an organ donor, you call a number after they die in the hospital and say, hey, I, this is who I have. And then they screen, you know, then they screen the patient and say, okay, we can probably use... You know, some, you know, people have been sick for a long time. You can't use a lot of their, you know, you can't use a lot of their don't, you know, their organs, Mm. but you can use corneas Mm. or skin. But then, haven't you ever seen the movie The Eye? Because she gets an eye transplant and then it's like haunted and she has to like figure out how this woman died. So that that could happen. I would almost, that seems like a lot of work. (laughs) Well, that's the only way she could get rid of the haunting in her eyeball. You're like, look, I really didn't like being blind. However, (laughs) rather be blind than have a haunted eye. Yeah, that's like the ultimate would you rather. Would you rather be blind or have a haunted eye? I don't even know the answer to that. But yeah, so that's that's an organ. That's waking up in a tub of ice and having one of your kidneys missing. Beautiful. I mean, granted, if they took my liver, joke's on them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) There's like this awesome quote from a James Bond movie where they said, you know, how did you know that, you know, James Bond was like found somewhere and they uh, said, how'd you know it was, you know, they took a blood sample and they said liver, not so much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. I expect that from James Bond. Well, except he drank his martinis wrong. That's a, a podcast for another time. Don't shake martinis. Do not shake gin. It bruises the gin. Anyway, going on, what was your next, uh, what's your next, <laughs> what's your next urban legend? So my next one comes from Japan and Japan, Japanese, the Japanese have fantastic urban legends. I think because of their spiritual beliefs and their folklore and stuff like that, they're particularly creepy to me anyways. 
Eh, yeah, but, so the, yeah. This one is called the Red Room. Red Room. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> so there was a boy who was addicted to the internet. Me. <laughs> I'm that boy. <laughs> Everyone. A boy named Kayla. <laughs> addicted to me. He heard an urban legend about the Red Room from one of his friends at school. That evening, when the boy got home, he went on the internet to see if he could find out anything more about it. All of a sudden, a small window popped up with a red background. Remember pop-ups? Yes. Written in black was the message, do you like? The boy closed the window, but it popped up again. He tried numerous times to close it, but it just kept reappearing. Must have been one of those porn viruses. Damn porn. Eventually, the boy noticed that the question had changed. Now it read, do you like the red room? And in the background, a childlike voice said, do you like the red room? I'm not doing it in a child voice. Do you like the red room? No. (laughs) (laughs) Just then, the screen went black and a list of names appeared in red. At the bottom of the list, the boy saw the name of his friend, the friend who told him about the red room. All of a sudden, the boy became aware of something behind him and he lost consciousness. The next day, the boy didn't turn up for school. There was a rumor going around that something had happened to him. The next day, I don't know if that means like the day after that, Mm -hmm. his classmates had heard the horrible news. The boy had committed suicide, painting his room red with his own blood. I have questions. I have a lot of questions, too, because that's, (laughs) first of all, that's, I don't know how, blood doesn't go, you know, I'm like looking at the wall of the room (laughs) that I'm in going. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I thought was like, how, how. How much of the wall can you reliably paint red after you've offed yourself? Like, you'd probably die within a few minutes. Correct. Correct. Yes. You would pass out and then you would die after taking. Oh, boy. So there was a a, one of my favorite movies actually is a Japanese film called Cairo. I think it's translated to Pulse. At least that's what the American version was called. Do not watch the American version. It has Kristen Bell in it. It's not her fault that it's terrible, but it's terrible. I do love Kristen Bell, but no. Me too. And Cairo is about uh, almost like a virus that gets passed around through the internet. And I can't remember if after you discover it, you die by suicide or if you just disappear. But the when the person disappears, they leave like an imprint in the room that they've disappeared from or where they saw this website. Um, and it eventually spreads throughout Tokyo and and kills everybody except for, you know, the final boy and the final girl. It's a really good movie. And I think it's just like this urban legend is commentary on this fear of things that can spread throughout the internet. Right. It also kind of touches upon there is another urban legend about red rooms in general, which is hypothetically on the dark web, if you want to call it that something that you wouldn't be able to access without a VPN and a proxy and you would get arrested if you found it, that kind of stuff. A red room would be a live stream of someone being tortured and killed. So imagine like, let's see, what's Jordan familiar with? Does Jordan know about OnlyFans? I listen, I'm reading the Harry Potter books and watching the Game of Thrones for the first time. Let's talk about how Jordan is late to the party for everything. <laughs> well, I don't even, I'm not even really familiar with what only, so let's go, let's talk about cam girls then. It would be kind of like that where okay. like viewers would say like, shop off her pinky and then like ah, $50, yeah. $50 or something like that. And you know, 
No one has confirmed the existence of those, hence them being an urban legend. But I think that that shows up a little bit in here, right? Is that the danger, that horror that might be lurking somewhere in the unknown depths of the internet. That's what the kids are doing on the internet when you're not looking, you know, it's like that shit. It's also connected to a stabbing that occurred, I can't remember what year, um, in Japan, one 12-year-old girl stabbed her classmate to death apparently kind of out of nowhere. I don't think there was necessarily bullying involved. Mm -hmm. She just kind of was like, hey, meet me in the next classroom and then killed her. And she was obsessed with this urban legend that I just read to you. So yeah, some pretty creepy stuff. If you just, you know, listen to our podcast, you would think there are so many 12-year-old girls stabbing other 12-year-old girls. (laughs) It's unbelievable. It's a rough time to be alive when you're 12. (laughs) I mean, Sarah, I was just trying to grow all my bangs. So what is your next one? My next one, and it's actually my final one. I'll set the scene. You're babysitting for some little shits that you finally got in sleep. My niece and nephew. No, they're <laughs> nice little shits. Um, I'm just kidding. And I'm actually going to give this a 90s feel. You're watching some blockbuster rentals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And drinking Surge. Ooh, okay. There's a call on the cordless phone. You know, cordless phones. You remember those? Uh, they were they were such fancy new technology back then. Fancy new technology. You and start- there's no, this was before caller ID, right? Oh, yes. There is no caller ID. And you also actually answered your phone when it rang. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I know I, I, I like I answer it when it's my mom and that's about it. You know, I feel like back then... <laughs> So when my sister and I were home alone and somebody came to the door, we would hide. <laughs> we would like turn the TV off and hide. I feel like I did the same thing when the phone rang. <laughs> I do that. I do that now. I also like if I was home by myself and I was like a young, you know, I was old enough to be alone. I was a young teenager and I ordered a pizza. I would call my mom <laughs> uh-huh. and stay on the phone with her while I got the pizza. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, I got the Domino's because this kid who was, you know, four years older than me and just trying to make some money and tips is yeah, exactly going to do something to me. Uh, so one shit, that little shit. One time, I, I I can't remember how much the pizza cost, but I gave him a twenty because that's all I had, and he booked it. He didn't give me any change. <laughs> Yeah, you're always supposed to give change, and then you have to leave it to the person to say, no, you can keep it. Right. Oh, what a little shit. Whatever, he probably needed it more than I did at the time. You needed the pizza. Yes. So so the cordless phone rings, you answer the phone, and start to receive menacing calls saying, have you checked the children? No. No, no, they're sleeping. You do not check on kids when they're sleeping. They're sleeping. They'll let you know if they are not sleeping. Yes. Well, tell that to a new parent. (laughs) That's true. It's true. You can tell we're childless Auntie Supremes. Um, So eventually you call the police because apparently they're helpful in this situation. They track the call and find out the calls are coming from dun, 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 inside the house. But who was phone? What? <laughs> At the end of this, maybe for a special extra, I will redo the creepy pasta that comes from. Okay, I think that would be a wonderful bonus. Okay. Uh, so the outcomes of this urban legend vary. Sometimes it's a prank and it's some of those pesky jock football players just trying to 
assert their toxic masculinity. Sometimes everyone dies. Sometimes just the kids die. Sometimes just the babysitter dies. Sometimes they catch the perpetrator. Now I think yeah. Is this a separate one where there's like the the babysitter notices the clown statue? Uh, that's a different one. And also, if you're babysitting for somebody and they have a clown statue, just leave. <laughs> Sorry, you just guys don't. are going to have to find somebody else. I'm not doing this. No, I, I would be like, all right, I'm out of here. Bye. I'm not looking at that bastard the whole night. Or I would put a blanket over him, you know, then Karen would come home and say, what'd you do with my clown statue? And <laughs> covered it up. Yep. So this urban legend is very much of its own time. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I mean, I text people from inside my own house constantly. <laughs> yes. I mean, I was doing that back when we were on AIM, AIM, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Like my sister would, I would be downstairs on the computer and she would be upstairs on her laptop and she would be like, dinner's ready. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put up a My Chemical Romance lyric and <laughs> went. <laughs> How did you know? I was friends with you <laughs> on AIM XXXX blah 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 XXX69 whatever. <laughs> yes. I think at one point my my screen name was XX buried in black XX. Yes, it was. And I was still friends with you. <laughs> Thank you for that. My away messages were just all rent lyrics. I'm not going to lie to you. Yes, I remember that. Listen, listen, it was of its own time. So <laughs> I remember putting quotes from you in my info too. Like, well, yeah. One, ti- one time we were talking about how two guys that we were friends with were no longer friends. And you said, you meant to say it's the end of an era, but you said it's the end of an ear. <laughs> Which, listen, we're, we're we're doing the same thing right now, except Jordan says funny shit, I'm putting in my away message. Jordan says funny shit, I'm putting it on a podcast. Yes, exactly. Jordan says dumb funny shit by accident, and <laughs> it's the end of an ear. Yeah, it sounds about right. Anyways, back to back to the babysitter. Back to the babysitter. That's a bad porn title if I ever heard one. So, actually... <laughs> So this like goes back to fear-based cultures that women are vulnerable and shouldn't be left home alone and we must protect the fairer sex. You know what? First of all, fuck you. Second of all, fuck you. Third of all, that's completely bass-ackwards. The issue is not young women needed to protect it. The issue is people assaulting other people. Exactly. However, Uh however, there have been more than one instance of people living in like the crawl spaces and attics of other people's homes without them knowing. Yeah, that creeps the hell. I've seen those videos. That creeps the hell out of me. And I almost feel like, just ask me. I'll probably let you stay. Or like, I'll give you a couple bucks so that you can go to a hotel or something. Like, don't, it's cold up there. Don't stay in my attic. There's probably raccoons. <laughs> probably. Yeah. And and Lord knows the cats like wouldn't tell you like, you know, Clover would be like, so you're going to feed me, you can stay here, but you better be opening that can. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's like kind of the true version of this urban legend. And in that case, it's not anybody that's like trying to hurt you. They just like need a place to stay. And here we are. Mm-hmm. So what's so what's your last urban legend? My last one is the killer in the backseat. Oh, I freak Oh, that one freaks the hell out of me. Do you do you check your back seat before oh. you get into your car at night? Yes, I do. And me I too. yeah, I check the back seat and when I worked um early in my career, I worked the night shift and 
I would park under a I would park under a um a, a street light. Yeah, I would always mm-hmm. park under a light. And I remember like I remember explaining it that to my now husband, my boyfriend at the time. I said I need to get to work because I need to find a parking spot under a light. And he was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh God, the experience of women is very very different uh-huh. from the experience of men." Um, because I wanted to be able to see in my car. Yeah. Always in college, I would always have guy friends offer to walk me to my car if it was mm-hmm. dark out, which was very nice of them. But they didn't have to worry about that. So, yeah, I always, I you know, I always had that too. Or sometimes I would call him and I would talk to him, or I would talk to my mom. But that was mostly if, um, you know, my hosp- hospital people. If you know, you know, you get canceled like halfway through your shift, and you yeah. have to walk out at midnight, and that was like awful. So yeah, and I also go by the law and I do do this to this day. Um, I get in my car and lock the door. Like I don't yes. like, I make sure I have my keys in my hands and then I do whatever I need to do after my car is after I, you know, get in my car, realize I am alone in my car and lock the door, you know, then mm-hmm. I make sure I have my wallet and my phone and blah, 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 and do what I need to do. So here's the story that started this or that goes along with this urban legend. Okay. One night, a woman went out for drinks with her girlfriends. She left the bar fairly late at night, got in her car, and onto a deserted highway. After a few miles, she noticed that she was low on gas and pulled into a gas station. She was frightened by the odd behavior of the attendant, who kept trying to get her to leave the car and join him in the office. She refused and drove off as fast as she could. As she drove, she noticed a lone pair of headlights in her rearview mirror approaching fast. As the car pulled up behind her, dangerously close to her tailgate, the brights flashed. Now she was getting nervous. The car behind her kept flashing the lights off and on, and the driver seemed to be shouting and making signs with his hands. Through every stoplight and turn, it followed her until she reached home and pulled into her driveway. Terrified, she made a mad dash into the house and called the police. As she ran from the car, so did the driver of the car behind her, and he screamed, lock the door and call the police, call 911. When the police arrived, the horrible truth was finally revealed to the woman. The man in the car had been trying to save her. As he pulled up behind her and his headlights illuminated her car, he saw the silhouette of a man with an axe rising up from the back seat behind her. Holy shit. So he flashed his brights to warn her. The police arrested the crazed killer in the back seat, who turned out to be an, an escaped mental patient, of course. Oh, God. Why, <laughs> was, why do they always have to come for the mental patients? It was an extremely scary night, and the woman had a lucky escape. I like that this okay. one has a happy ending. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if somebody escapes from a mental hospital, which is like, don't get me started. Um, They're they're more trying to lay low, and they're probably just lost and confused. Correct. They're they do not have meds. Their follow through is probably terrible at this point, and they yeah they just. This would, it's always sleeping, this would be the person sleeping in your crawl space rather than trying to kill you with an axe. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, if you came up behind somebody and you saw someone in their backseat, wouldn't you just assume that it was a passenger? Like, I would, too. I like I wouldn't I wouldn't assume I would just say like, oh, they went to Home Depot. Um I've heard variations on this that have kind of uh, changed nowadays where like the person waits underneath your car. That one freaks me out. Yeah, or or stab you in the leg. That one gives me the heebie-jeebies. 
My mom always circulates this one on Facebook. Sorry, mom, um, where they put something on your back windshield. So you get in the car, you see it, you get out of the car and they get into your car or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I I wouldn't get out of my car and take something off of my back windshield either. I also lock my car if I get out of it. Even if I'm yep. pumping gas or something, always lock your damn car. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of videos where people get uh, carjacked. When oh, yeah. Yeah. Getting gas. Yeah. So... <laughs> I know that's like a tough one. Has this ever actually happened? Like I don't, unless it was, I, I, I mean, I could see maybe if somebody was planning on harming you and they're already in the car with you. Yeah. I don't Yeah. That's, I don't know how they got into the car in the first place. I think this woman had a better chance of getting attacked when she was on her way to her car. Yeah. Also, how uh, did she just like lock the doors and he s- stayed in the car? He didn't like unlock them before the police got in there. <laughs> well, I would hope that she like pulled into a garage and locked the door that was getting into her house. Maybe. You imagine though, she locks all of the doors and he's like, all right, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll wait. It's okay. It's fine. Can you leave the radio on? <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. Can you put the heat on? <laughs> Can you put the heat on? No, that is dangerous. In your garage. Yes. Yes. Ah, uh, that's like that's like definite. That's like the classic urban legend. That's like the classic fear tactic, mm-hmm. cautionary tale of don't go out and drink alone. Well, no, we need you know if it's an escape mental patient, we just need more comprehensive health care in this country. Don't be a woman alone at night, which sucks because I'm always a woman, and it's nighttime almost a- about a third of the time. And right. And sometimes I'm alone. Well, not usually, actually, but that's, it's pain in the ass. Yeah. So don't be a woman alone at night. Damn it. Well, actually, I was just watching the Netflix documentary on the uh, Yorkshire Ripper Mm -hmm. and they, you would have loved this. They, I just watched an episode where they had the first reclaim the night walk and it was the women of uh, England, probably, I think it was, no, it was all over England. It was like every city. They had this reclaim the night walk, walk, and they were saying like it's not fair that we have to be terrified when we go out by ourselves because we have to. We don't have right. any other choice sometimes. And the, you know the police were very misogynistic at that point and were like, well, just don't be alone at night. It's not. It's your problem if you get abducted and murdered. <laughs> it's like what? What? Sorry. Excuse me. What? Yeah, I remember like in when I was in college, I had um I had clinicals in the hospital and I would have to be there. You know, the morning shift in the hospital starts at 7 a.m. and you had to be there uh like at 6:30. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving through, you know, a, a big city, which is where a lot of hospitals are at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. because you needed a parking spot and god forbid if you were late, you know, you could very well get asked to leave your clinical is pretty strict but yeah it's totally my fault it's totally my problem if i get abducted right mm-hmm. right exactly okay would you like to hear the the creepypasta i was talking about obviously or did you have more to say on that no i don't have more to say on that okay are you are you sure you're ready it's pretty scary i am ready okay so just to let you know the origin um it was posted on 4chan's x board which is their paranormal board Mm-hmm. On March 28th, 2008. Okay. So you're with your honey and you're making out when the phone rings. You answer. <laughs> That's not funny, Jordan. <laughs> making out with your honey. You answer it and the voice is, what are you doing with my daughter? 
Ew. You tell your you tell your girl and she says, My dad is dead. Then who was phone? <laughs> it's funnier if you read it though, because it's all sorts of spelling errors. Who was phone? <laughs> You're making out with your honey. <laughs> As you do. What are you doing with my daughter? My dad's dead. And then the night is weird. And then it's you don't remember awkward. that my dad was dead? And now you have to go home. Maybe you break up. <laughs> then you gotta put up an angry away message from your XXX, bury it in blacks. <laughs> <laughs> More my chem lyrics. Hey, Miss Murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's AFI. <laughs> Sorry. Kayla, get, your, get your emo bands right Jordan. Kayla was always more dedicated to the emo genre than I <laughs> okay <laughs> do you have a random question do I have a random question what was the best thing that you ate this week um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I ate this week oh um I made like a chicken stew but it was spicy it almost kind of reminded me of goulash so it has chicken it had spices it had um like pepper black beans um tomatoes and it was really yummy it was my first time trying it oh that sounds delicious and also maybe um jolly rancher lollipops actually brian was eating those this week and he went i never had one of these before but they are delicious right yeah, I like Jolly Rancher lollipops too. I like Jolly Ranchers in general. I remember when they came in, they were like little squares and they came in like a long like jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yes. I think they still do, don't they? Like they're a special kind. I don't know. I just remember them like in like they look like Tootsie Rolls. Yes. Okay. What was the best thing that you ate this week? I had a tomahawk last night that was really good. You know how I love a tomahawk. Uh, I do. And well, it's a two. Well, and then I, Brian and I got dinner at Rozzy's, which is like a local, uh, which is like a local, uh, it's not a diner. It's just like a local, local restaurant. And they had a mozzarella stick basket, which I've never seen on a menu before. And it was exactly what it sounds like. It was mozzarella sticks and French fries. And the mozzarella, it was was so good. The mozzarella sticks were homemade and it was delicious. My God. I had something. I mean, I'm old, so I had a righteous stomach ache and I rarely eat like that, but my gosh, it was good. And then I had a hulking <sighs> two pound double cut ribeye with the extended bone, but whatever. Mm, yummy. I didn't eat all of it actually. I had part of it for breakfast. Now I'm dreaming about what I would like to eat for dinner. What are you gonna make? Um, well, it's my first week. This is not sponsored, but my first week trying blue apron. <laughs> not sponsored, um, but you know. So it's, uh, I didn't take out any of the meat, so it's going to have to be the vegetarian dish, which is um, stuffed poblano peppers. Oh, that sounds good. Yes, it does. And I'm trying Brussels sprouts for the first time this week. <gasps> I love Brussels sprouts. They're delicious. Do you know who loved Brussels sprouts? Meow, meow. Meow, meow? Meow, meow yes. loved Brussels sprouts? Oh. He was like, it was like they were crack. <laughs> they are good. I, I like them. Ro- um, how are you going to prepare them? Um, however, Blue Apron tells me to, but I think it's probably going to be roasted. It's really, they're really good roasted. Um, I'll eat anything roasted, let's be real. But yeah, Brussels sprouts are really good. One would think I wouldn't like them because I don't like hot lettuce. I don't like hot greens, really. Yeah, no, no, they're no, no, really, no. They're really, really good. I think you'll like them. Good. 
Yay. Yay. They're like a stereotypical like food that kids say that they hate, like broccoli. But they're really, really good. I do like Because well, I think if you cook them the wrong way, they can be very bitter, right? It's stinky. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. true with anything. I, I feel like we're now in a place in society where we're roasting a lot of vegetables and we weren't prior to. And I think it's like way more delicious that way. Yeah. Um, so this is the Food Schmooze podcast with Peyton Middleton. <laughs> and we're just going to talk about, we, well, we had some creepy pasta and then we talked about eating our roughages and our proteins and it's fine. I wanted to give a shout out to, mm-hmm. uh, Cody who gave us some really sweet words of support on our Instagram. Yes. That made, yes, that kind of, that made our day. Thank you, Cody. Yes. Thank you. Um, and you can find us on Instagram where um, Cody found us at BiopsychPod. Um, we're also on Twitter, but I don't really post on Twitter that much. No. Or you can find us on Facebook at BiopsychoSocial, a podcast. Yes. If you want to leave us a shout out on any of those platforms, please do. And we will mention you in the podcast. Or if you want to uh, leave yeah, us a review. You. If you want to leave us a review on um, iTunes, that would be great too. And we'll do the same. Yes, we will. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks for hanging in there with us for over a year. We've been having fun doing this. Yeah. 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 I still can't believe it's been a year. I, I can't know. believe we've, we've, <laughs> we've kept up with this. I know, which is pretty, which is pretty impressive if you ask me. For us. Yeah, yeah we've done so good. All right. All right. Well, Take care of yourselves and each other. Do something nice for yourself today. Please stay safe. And wish uh, safety and well wishes for Kayla and I as we are going to try our hand at snowshoeing. Yes. <laughs> we'll let you know how it goes. Not good. I'll let you know. It's not good. <laughs> All right. All we right. Love, we love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.